Garrett. Yes. You ever snuck into your neighbor's house in the middle of the night to clean? I don't think I've ever snuck into my neighbor's house at all. How about you? I don't think I have either. <laughs> He's a shady past. <laughs> so we, we open this episode with the guys having dinner uh, when Penny knocks on the door to enlist Leonard for a favor. Uh, in typical Leonard fashion, before he uh, before she gets the chance to finish asking uh, for this favor, or even tell him what it is, he just says yes. Just as she begins to actually explain it, uh, the guys open the apartment door, and uh, we get another fantastic Wallowitz greeting. Oh, hello. Tio Tinkrasi Vajajavushka. I'm sorry? Haven't you ever been told how beautiful you are in flawless Russian? No, I haven't. Get used to it. Yeah, I probably won't. So we get another, you know, fantastic Wallowitz example of him being able to speak multiple languages. I'll be honest, if I was in Penny's shoes, I don't think I would ever get used to it. God, no. So, Leonard's handed uh, Penny's spare key, uh, which might turn out to be a mistake. But uh, more on that later. Um, but then we get to go into a spirited discussion because um, the guys, or well, specifically Leonard, invites them over for Thai food in a Superman movie marathon. Um, and they get to hear a discussion about um, the first Superman movie. And it's creditability. Um, Leonard makes some points. Of course, Sheldon has to make some points. Leonard takes Sheldon with finding ep- <clears throat> evidence to back up some of those theories. And the door actually locked on their way out. So they were all locked out. And Raj has the <laughs> has the only thing to say after we he doesn't say anything for the past couple of minutes. Also, the pretty girl left. But on to the um, main plot. It's the furniture delivery. I think it's the next morning. Um, Leonard accepts the delivery of Penny's furniture. Uh, after realizing the delivery man it just leaves after signing the paperwork, uh, they have to get this large heavy box up the stairs. Yeah, so uh, being the quote intellectual descendants of Archimedes, they lean the box down so as to make moving the box easier. Uh, and, and this works great until it doesn't when they come to the corner. Uh, to this, uh, Leonard says it's not a problem. Uh, the laws of physics say otherwise. Let's push. Okay. See, it's moving. This is easy. All the math. What's your formula for the corner? What? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, yeah, no problem. Just come up here and help me pull and turn. Ah, gravity, thou art a heartless bitch. (laughs) And, you know, moving on further up the stairs with only one more uh, run-in with gravity. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Watch your fingers. Watch your fingers. Yeah. I've got my fingers. (laughs) We finally make it into the apartment. Uh, And it is a mess yes um so when we first get into their apartment it actually um it looks like it's something went through there like a natural disaster (laughs) something and it is just a wreck it looks like my childhood bedroom yes it looks like every four-year-old's bedroom where mom or dad says to clean up the bedroom 
and they just decided to make it messier by tearing out everything, um, including putting flatware on a couch. It's apparently Penny's organizational paradigm at that moment. But then we fast forward to later the night um, where the main event of the episode takes place. Apparently Sheldon was very bothered by the flatware on the couch and clothes everywhere and stuff. So he needs to clean. And in order to do that, he's going to break into Penny's apartment to clean. Yeah, he does. Um, we, we, we get a funny clip of uh, of Leonard waking up to the door closing uh, in the middle of the night. And, you know, like any, I think, logical person would, he assumes that, oh, I hear a door in the middle of the night. Typically, that means somebody's breaking into the apartment, right? So what do we see? Uh, Leonard walks out of uh, his bedroom holding a... a fantastic source of light a fantastic glow stick uh he uh walks out of his bedroom and we see he's holding a lightsaber he walk he moves across kind of the living room and discovers that the front door of the the apartment is open being able to peer through the door he sees that well sheldon has gone into penny's apartment where the main event occurs Break into a woman's apartment in the middle of the night and clean. I had no choice. I couldn't sleep knowing that just outside my bedroom was our living room. And just outside our living room was that hallway. And immediately adjacent to that hallway was this. Yeah, so they go on to talk a little bit. Um, Leonard, you know, tries to plea with Sheldon. Hey, we shouldn't be here. You know, this is the middle of the night. She's sleeping. This is creepy. And Penny starts to stir. She does. And Sheldon explains to Leonard that he needs to speak in a lower register. And the reason why is because because of evolution, um, women have been have been keen in and tuned into high pitched noises so that they'll be awoken by a crying baby. And so in order to keep their conversation going, they need to speak in a lower register. Yeah. So he basically says, you know, I accept your premise, blah, blah, blah. Now let's get out of here. But he says it in a low register that sounds kind of like this so as not to wake up Penny. And, you know, I thought this was interesting, so I did a little research of uh, my own. And it turns out that there is some credibility to this theory. Uh, I found a summary article by Leonard Sachs at the Montgomery Center for Research in Child and Adolescent Development uh, that basically surmises that uh, women are more sensitive to frequencies over two kilohertz um that to be fair that is a relatively high frequency range but over two kilohertz women are more sensitive uh than men now whether or not this actually has anything to do with sleeping less well uh hearing frequencies higher than two kilohertz is i guess a whole nother discussion uh but in general it it seems that they are actually more sensitive to those higher frequencies than men are. <clears throat> I will put a link to in the show notes uh, to this paper that I found. Um, again, it's it's a summary article. Um, the research is, is done. Uh, the research that's cited here is actually done by a J.F. Corso, uh, published in 1959. Uh, the original journal article is The Age and Sex Differences in Pure Tone Thresholds in the Journal of the Acoustical society of america uh i'll leave a, sh a link in the notes below so moving on 
Sheldon persuades Leonard to uh, join in on the cleaning. Uh, Sheldon wakes up feeling well-rested the next morning. And, uh, well, it's very obvious when Penny wakes up. Uh, she, you know, screams. She runs across the hall and, and uh, she demands her spare key back and scolds the guys on how creepy it was that uh, they were in her apartment while she was sleeping. Here we see the infamous sarcasm sign in this episode. Garrett, what exactly is the sarcasm sign? So the sarcasm sign happens because um, Leonard starts out, even before um, Penny like comes over to demand the key and says, do I have to like hold up a sarcasm sign every time I open my mouth? And actually Sheldon was surprised and asked if he had one. He did not. So Penny comes over. Very, very angry. And actually, Sheldon actually brings up the reason that she was snoring when they started speaking in a higher register. And he said to go visit a throat doctor. And Penny said uh, uh, another comment to say what doctor does this. And, of course, Sheldon, being like oblivious to sarcasm, he has no idea, so he starts answering. And then <laughs> Leonard actually writes with Sharpie, on a piece of paper, sarcasm, and holds it up. And the whole time he's holding it up, Sheldon's staring at it, and then he finally realizes that what she was talking about was, in fact, sarcasm. Ooh, boy, you are all over the place this morning. <laughs> I have a master's and two PhDs. I should not have to do this. What? I am truly sorry for what happened last night. I take full responsibility. And I hope that it won't color your opinion of Leonard, who is not only a wonderful guy, but also, I hear, a gentle and thorough lover. So after that incredibly, incredibly awkward exchange, uh, we cut to see Raj on his way up the stairs, uh, who has a very one-sided conversation with Penny. Uh, to use his words, he was more the chator than the chatty, or more the chatty than the chator. I don't know how that works. Employee, employer. Pretty sure he was the chatty. Um, she goes on and on and on about uh, what happened the night prior and how creepy it was. All while Raj kind of slips into this internal monologue about how she's so chatty and how his mother's right and he should just marry an Indian girl and how she'd be able to sing their children the lullabies that he grew up with, uh, so on and so on. He, like I said, continues to have this internal monologue while she kind of stops and I don't want to say asks for validation, but she, you know, stops mid-sentence and goes, right? Am I just overreacting? And he kind of panics and goes, uh, shoot, she's talking to me. I should say something. So, you know, I mean... You know, you ever dozed off in the middle of a conversation and had to just snap back when somebody asks you a question? You don't really know what's going on, but you know that your input is required and you have no idea what the topic is. I mean, that's happened to me before. Yeah. So it cuts back to them now after their conversation. Raj is actually returning upstairs. To this, we cut to um, Howard playing one of those like Dance Dance Revolution games on an old system. And they start, like, he just is, like, he's got the moves, man, let me just tell you. And then he he tells Sheldon to grab a napkin, help me, because he just got served. 
But you can see that Leonard is still visibly upset about Penny. Um, like, and it, it, Howard wonders why, because he just says, it's fine, you win the game. And he's like, what's wrong? And then Shelton says his imaginary girlfriend broke up with him. And of course, Howard has to chime in with Ben there, which doesn't make sense to me, but all right. When Raj walks in, then he sets down the food and says, and explains why he's late because he claimed to be chatting with Penny. So Howard is like su very surprised with this and asks why. And he said the whole chatter than the chatty. Um, but then he said, well, is she still Leonard replies, asks if she's still mad at him. And she said, quote, she was upset at first, probably because her sister shot somebody. But then there was something about you. And then then she hugged me. So Leonard cheapishly walks across the hall to, to try and, and mend their broken what if relationship and uh, tries to slip uh, uh an apology under her door uh, when she opens the door and throws Leonard off his guard. He uh, begins to read the note, you know, verbatim as, as though you were uh, a student in a class having to give a presentation and wrote down verbatim what you were going to say on the note cards. Cutting him off, she, you know, just gives him a hug, claiming that they're okay. Leonard then filled with that, you know, rush of, of, testosterone and and confidence walks back across the hall and right into the door <laughs> after that we uh see our four our four gentlemen putting together in quotes her enter, uh, penny's entertainment center while completely over engineering it as as they are you know as they always do they begin to talk about you know how they can make improvements to the design and they talk about you know, there's so much wasted space because the entertainment center is so deep and she's got a flat panel, so on and so on. They start talking about ways that they can improve it and start talking about things they're going to need from their labs. Penny makes a pretty funny comment, you know, poking at the fact that they're, you know, not listening to her. She says, uh, you know, it's hot in here. I think I'm just going to take off all my clothes. And there's a brief pause. And then Leonard explains that he's got it. And they're going to make this thing out of... You know, aircraft aluminum, this whole thing's just a big heat sink, so on, so on. At the last moment, we see the guys break. They're going to split off into teams and go get all the materials to over-engineer this entertainment center. Penny looks around and then says, fine, this place does look pretty good. So that is the tale of what happens when you sneak into your neighbor's apartment in the middle of the night and clean it up. Indeed. I wouldn't recommend it based on the events no. of the episode. No, it could have gotten a lot worse. It absolutely could have. What if you didn't know the neighbor? That would be a really big problem. Yeah. <clears throat> so that is this week's episode of the Pasadena Recollection. Next week, we'll be back with season one, episode three. We will talk to you then. Goodbye. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> What about if we replace panels A, B, and F and crossbar H with aircraft-grade aluminum? Oh, right, then the entire thing's one big heat sink. Perfect. Leonard, why don't you and Sheldon go down to the junkyard and pick up about six square meters of scrap aluminum? Raj and I will run down to my lab and get the oxyacetylene torch. Meet back here in an hour? Done. Got it. Okay, this place does look pretty good. <laughs>